Commingling. For my parents' generation and back, we, like many Eastern European Hasidic families, had a tradition of not sharing meals on Pesach with anyone, even close family members not part of the household. This was called mir mishinisht of Pesach. We don't mix with others on Pesach out of concern for being so extra careful with the prohibition of chametz. So to speak, you did not even trust your brothers or sisters when it came to Pesach. Our parents carried on this tradition, and we grew up with it so that I too did not accept meal invitations on Pesach. A few years ago, I visited Rav Asher Weiss during Cholomoy Pesach and was offered some parv ice cream at his table. I politely explained that in our family we do not mix on Pesach. Rav Asher then explained to me my error. In the old country and in prior generations, people prepared their own cooking, baking, and roasting ingredients right in their own homes and farms. Inadvertent mistakes were common, especially when children or non-Jewish helpers aided in the preparation. Matzahs were prepared and baked in private ovens, and human error could easily render the matzahs and other products as chametz. Hence, it became the custom to eat only, uh, to only eat on Pesach what your own family prepared, lest you come to violate, albeit unwittingly, the prohibition of chametz. Today, explained Rav Asher, all of us buy the same prepackaged ingredients which are prepared under strict rabbinic supervision. Machine-made matzah and even handmade matzah are likewise prepared under such supervision. Thus, the concerns of yesteryear are no longer relevant. Of course, we must be careful of what and where we eat, but we can commingle with observant friends and family. I ate the ice cream. While social commingling is not only permitted, but is to be encouraged in many situations, commingling of assets, money, and valuables usually leads to trouble, if not disaster. Talmud Bavli Baba Basra begins with a Mishnah describing how partners split a joint courtyard. Why begin, with this rather, why begin with this rather than teaching the complicated laws of chazaka, presumption of ownership, the main topic of the tractate? I think that Rabbi Yudha Anasi, editor of the mission, is teaching us a lesson. There are many reasons why people enter into partnerships, mostly out of necessity, but you should always realize that eventually the partnership will not last. We tell our children to share their toys, but it is not natural to share. To give, yes. To donate, yes. To help others, yes. But we don't share our family, our homes, our automobiles, our bank accounts, and our wallets with others. Sharing and commingling inevitably leads to disagreements, arguments, fights, courts, miscommunication, no communication, and a host of problems. And if the commingling is with family members, the hard feelings at breakup may last forever. Just look at the number of family fights when a parent passes away and the children are forced into a temporary partnership over the estate. Mishnah Perkayovas teaches us that a pious person says, what is mine is yours and what is yours is yours. It is good to share your wealth with those less fortunate than you. That is the mitzvah of charity and emulates the Lord who shares his abundance with us. Give it away but avoid commingling your business with theirs, your bank account with theirs, and your property with theirs. A line is the neshama rain. For a peaceful life, don't share assets with others. Shabbat Shalom.